0: Father, as always, it is indeed a privilege and a pleasure to be able to assemble for the purpose of worship, for the purpose of gathering as a a family of believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, for the sole purpose, setting aside this day, setting aside this Time setting aside this moment that nothing else is happening in our lives except for coming together as followers of Christ to honor and worship and glorify you. To express, Lord, our thanksgiving, our gratitude, our our worship to God our Father, to Christ our Savior to seek you, Lord, and, and to ask God that you might move in our hearts, that you might speak to us, that you might fill us, Lord, with your Spirit, that you might equip us in these next few moments and prepare us for what lies ahead for us this week. Father, it is true that you are the waymaker. it is true that you are so so good it's it's a blessing father that that we're even here and and what we are participating in there was a time lord when we missed out on this great blessing of believing fellowship So we thank you for our salvation, and we pray that you would, Lord, ignite within us a new passion and purpose for gospel witness. And we give you all the glory for what you will accomplish in Christ's name, amen. The unstoppable gospel behind our text today is, is a universal truth that applies to every believer. And for the most part, we usually go through our days and we're really unaware that, that this truth is actually present in our lives and it, it's working. And, and, and when we tend to overlook that, therefore we, we miss the joy that is here for us And we miss the opportunities to refer to this, to turn to this, to cling to this in moments when we need it. And and so here it is, This, this is this passage will remind us and challenge us today that this grand universal truth for believers, this is it. Everything that happens to us in this life, whether it be blessing or trial, Or whether it just be business as usual, or whether it be victory or defeat in our eyes, or whether it be attack or applause from others, or whether it be sickness or health. Everything that happens in our lives is somehow uniquely fit for us and for that situation to make way for the gospel. To put us in situations and places for which to advance the gospel where it would not have been advanced. To put the gospel on display in our lives and in the lives of those around us. To open hearts for the gospel that have been closed. To plant seeds of the gospel that will maybe days from then, years, decades from then... Be harvested. To rejoice in the hope of the gospel that we hold dear. There is a gospel ends. A gospel ends to every situation in the life of a believer. How many physicians steeped in Science and disregarding of faith have been stunned by the unwavering faith of believers facing a daunting diagnosis. And that's just one example. Along our journey through Philippians, we're we're going to encounter many monumental lessons of faith. Because if if Paul is in the situation he's in and and he can't stop talking about joy over and over, then that, that means over and over there are going to be some monumental lessons for us along the way. And this is surely one of them. We live in days, and and we know this, we realize this, we we live in days of, of moral confusion, of economic uncertainty. We have questions. We have uncertainties around us all the time. Things are not what we would call normal. Things are unusual. Life, culture, the world, things have changed on the world stage and on the community stage. Everywhere around us, we see these things. And God has placed us in a unique time with. Unique, uh, unique personalities and and backgrounds and and stages of our Christian growth and and everything about us is working together to to be fit for these individual unique opportunities. Whether God places us on the side of needing help in these. Times of up and down, or, or on the side of blessed and offering the help that's needed, or, or whatever the situation might be, any and every occasion is an occasion for the gospel. That's the lesson. That's the lesson for us to let sink into our hearts today so that when that occasion comes tomorrow morning or the end of next week or whenever it might be, we might be reminded and we might be able to say, okay, Lord, where does the gospel go here? How is it that you would have me be an ambassador of the gospel in this unsettling situation or in this jubilant time if we can grasp this lesson today there, there's there's actually a wealth of joy awaiting us in fact that's how paul ends this section isn't it it ends with paul rejoicing there, there's a lot of joy here awaiting us imagine if we can embrace this truth that the situation that we're in is actually not about us It's actually about the gospel. It's actually about promoting and and displaying and making much of Christ, making much of the message of hope in and through us. If we lived every day in every circumstance living life and believing and, and responding as if the things that are occurring around us and the things that are happening to us In some way, there is an avenue, there's a door open, there's an occasion, there's a window of opportunity somewhere in there to advance the life-changing, soul-saving message of the gospel. In those situations, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ Those are opportunities and and, and times when the gospel is often silent. When it's not heard. When it's not expected. Too often... We only think of being a gospel witness when, when someone may, may challenge us or we read a devotion or we hear a sermon podcast or we see someone's example and we think, yeah, I'm, I need to be more intentional about sharing my faith. And, and so we, for a few days, we pray about it and, and we look for an opportunity. Maybe we share a track, maybe we share a verse with someone, maybe we get to share our testimony. But, but once we do that, we kind of move on, don't we? Until the next time, we're kind of challenged or reminded. And... But this is teaching us that in, in any and in every situation, there, there are opportunities. Uh, m- many days pass us by, time passes us by, opportunities pass us by, and we don't get those back. We don't get to hit the rewind button, we don't get to hit the redo button. We don't get to go back and and then be intentional about seeing the gospel spread among those who are unsaved. Unsaved, walking without the Lord, walking apart from the Lord, or to encourage the saved around us. The gospel is not just there for the unsaved. It's there for the saved. It's how we live by the power of the gospel. So it's there to encourage the saved around us as well. What we find in our text today is that some of the most powerful ways to advance the gospel are actually the times when we are hurt, actually the times when we've been mistreated. Those are the occasions for which the gospel is least expected, but also the occasions in which we least turn to it. This is a tremendous lesson for us today. Those are actually divinely appointed times, unique opportunities to be able to place the gospel in a, in a corner, in a place that it's yet to go. It hasn't, it hasn't fit there before. That hasn't come into play there before. P- p- putting the gospel in places where it rarely goes, those are the opportunities we find ourselves in. And listen, when the gospel light shines in a new place, and and a new place might be a a, a village in Indonesia, and a new place might be when a, a, a horrible situation in your life in which you proclaim the gospel. When the gospel light shines in a new place, it shines bright. That's... The heart of what Paul is teaching us in today's text. That's that's the heart we hear behind these words. So the first thing that I want us to think about together as we look at this passage again is, number one, efforts to stop the gospel serve only to advance it. The unstoppable gospel. Efforts to stop the gospel serve only to advance advance it and i want us to note under this uh, first point five quickly five ways that we see in this text that the efforts to stop the gospel are serving only to advance it the first thing that we see is what what enemies mean for evil god will use for good we know this right but it also applies to the gospel Paul knows that the Philippians are concerned about his well-being. He wants them to know they have no need to worry. There's no need to worry because his imprisonment is advancing the gospel in ways that his freedom could not. So he says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Notice how quickly he he changes the subject from himself. What has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. And so Paul is saying, this is how you need to look at this scenario that I'm in. Not, oh, poor Paul. But look what God is doing. Paul knew it wasn't about him. It was actually about the gospel and knowing that. Knowing that made joy huge in his life, in his situation. What has happened to me is really advancing the gospel. How? Because it happened, this is happening to me. That's advancing the gospel. So he can delight in that, no matter what the happening to me is. People were against Paul because at the root of it, they were against the gospel. The same reason they were against Christ. They were against the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everything they did to him, they did to silence the gospel. To stop the message of Christ as Messiah. However, their efforts only caused the gospel to shout in other places. To open up doors and open up avenues for the gospel where it used to be silent. there used to be no gospel voice so they would beat Paul and Paul would say these scars are the marks of the gospel and he would carry them with him everywhere he went they imprisoned Paul and he said Silas let's sing and the gospel went to places it had never been before they plotted to kill Paul and he said for me to live is Christ to die is gain Whatever means they employed to stop Paul could not stop the gospel. Paul knew this lesson. You know the words in Genesis 50, 20 from Joseph. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. That's the same, that same principle applies to our lives as believers with the gospel. What those who mean to silence the gospel mean mean against us, God means for good to bring it about that many people, many more people should be saved. So first, what enemies mean for evil, God will use for good. Second, notice the strategic gospel employment. Very strategic how God sovereignly works this out to make way for the gospel. You see, the best way for the gospel to permeate Rome, that was was where in the New Testament, if you can get the gospel to Rome, you can get it to the world because that was the Roman Empire. The best way to permeate Rome was not in the synagogue where it would be disputed, not in the marketplace where it would be debated, but in the house confinement where it had never been uttered. Think of that hardened Roman soldier. He could care less about what some Jewish guy was saying in a Jewish church. He wouldn't waste his time. He wouldn't be about that. He wouldn't go to the town square to hear two guys arguing about religious matters. That's not what he's there for. But if he were assigned to watch Paul, then he couldn't help But be influenced by the gospel. He wasn't there of his own intention to be influenced by the gospel. But that's the way God works, isn't it? Unexpected places. He would hear Paul speak his letters to his secretary. He would hear those words. He he, he would hear the words that Paul was speaking about Christ and the gospel and salvation. he would listen as Paul would pray for the gospel and for the believers and for himself and for this soldier. And he, he would see how when, when visitors would come to Paul to encourage Paul, Paul would actually encourage them. A confined man. For some reason, he's got a, he's got a lot of hope. For some reason, he's got a lot of joy. He, 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 has, he still maintains his, his love and, and his faith. He He couldn't help but notice it. Eventually, he comes to the conclusion, there's something about this Jesus. Because this guy is... He's not acting right. There's something happening powerfully in his life. And that soldier who would have never gone in the open square to hear people talk about the gospel is converted, unintended exposure to the gospel. Soon... The soldier and his, his fellow soldiers, his comrades, they were going home and they were sharing with their friends and their family about Christ and about this man Paul and what God is doing all over the place and how people's lives are being changed and how churches are being planted and how the gospel is moving and how, how lives are being turned upside down and, and the freedom I feel in, in my own soul. And, and all of a sudden there were people all over Rome believing in Christ because a man is in jail. that's why, Paul, look with me in in chapter 4. How do you get that, uh, Pastor? Well, well, look how Paul closes his letter in chapter 4, verse 22. Look what he says. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household that's remarkable that's absolutely astounding there are saints paul is saying there's saints now everywhere see verse 22 is showing you what he's talking about in verse 12 And that's what he means there then when he says in verse 13, So that it has become known through the whole imperial guard and, here it is, to all the rest. In other words, there's a lot of them now. To all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. So you see that strategic gospel employment The third thing is that byproducts of gospel living will advance the gospel. Byproducts of gospel living. Just living for Christ. The overflow, the effects, the result of that. Because you see, the initial impact of Paul's imprisonment must have been fear among other believers. We get that from verse 14, right? He says, And most of the brothers are much more bold to speak the word without fear. But Paul's perseverance and joy under persecution. See, that's a, that's a, a byproduct of, uh, of Christian living is there's something that's going to happen with this fear that everyone else is having because of Paul's imprisonment. Paul's perseverance and joy under this persecution eventually melts away that fear and replaces it with, with fortresses of courage, of, of, of a mighty boldness in the Lord and in the faith. So these other believers, these other gospel witnesses begin to reason Instead of in fear saying, oh no, they, they've caught up with Paul. He's in trouble. His life is in danger. He's been put in prison. I, I, I've got I've to hold it back. I've got to keep it in. I, I, I've got to keep my, keep my faith private. I, I've got I've to keep it all secret and to myself. Instead of that being the outcome, they begin to reason, wait a minute, look, listen to Paul. What, listen to what people are saying. He's enjoying the Lord where he's at. If Paul can live for the gospel in house confinement with joy, then surely we can live boldly for the gospel in freedom. And so this byproduct, Paul's just having joy and maintaining faith in his situation, is encouraging others and they are now proclaiming the gospel without fear. We see that too often in our lives, don't we? We are encouraged by the faith of the persecuted. When we hear reports of those around the world who are suffering for their faith, being mistreated for their faith, losing homes and losing jobs and losing family and we hear those heart-wrenching stories and we pray for them and we pray for their comfort and we pray for their perseverance but a byproduct of that isn't it when you hear of great a great persecution outbreak somewhere in the world or somewhere in in our own country and you you pray for those believers to stand well under that persecution but but there's a byproduct of that isn't it As we pray for them, we're we're also thinking, wow, if they can stand for the Lord, I want to stand for the Lord. I want to speak up for the Lord. The unstoppable gospel is always finding ways. Here's a fourth thing. Wrong treatment of the gospel will advance the gospel. Wrong treatment of the gospel will advance the gospel. And we see this in verses 15 through 17 when Paul is talking about some are preaching Christ because they love the Lord and love the gospel and love me and love the church. But there are some out there who are actually preaching Christ from envy and rivalry. There are some who preach Christ with the absolute wrong intent and motive. That happens all the time. It even happens in our day. Now, two things may be happening here because Paul says, you know, some preach Christ from envy and rivalry. Maybe, maybe they were envious because all of a sudden, Paul, when you, think you've, when you think you've done away with Paul, all of a sudden he becomes more popular. He's more popular now in house confinement than he's ever been. So I think I want to get in on some of that spotlight. So I will preach what Paul was preaching. I will share what Paul was sharing. They had the absolute wrong motive to build their own, as we would say in our day, to build their own brand. In hopes of gaining a following. But then there's also that possibility of that malicious intent, right? Because Paul says they think to afflict me. They think that as they preach Christ and I'm in house confinement because of preaching Christ. That somehow they're going to afflict me. Somehow they're going to hurt me. They're going to damage me maybe they were maybe they were thinking if we can keep this message going and 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 keep it in in, in the in the news and, and in the headlines and, and in people's minds, because Paul's the one that came here and started this then then it's going to end it's not going to end well for Paul. however, while their motives were not pure. And they will answer to God for that. The message was true. Paul says they are proclaiming Christ. Even if they mean to afflict me. Even if they mean to harm me. Even from envy and rivalry. But the message was true. You see here's a point we need to understand. God will bless a needle of truth in a haystack of error. That's why we need discernment. To know what God's blessing is. The haystack or the needle. Sometimes. As long as they are proclaiming the gospel, no matter what their intent is, no matter what their motive is. You see, their listeners are not seeing their intent. Their listeners are not watching their motive. Their listeners are hearing about Christ and his death and his savior. And our sin separates us from the Lord. And we need the death of Christ to reconcile us. That's what they're hearing as sinners. And as they're hearing the good news of life, people are believing. No matter why they're preaching. No matter what their purpose is. People are believing and the gospel is moving. So Paul says, I know that they're against me, but they're actually doing me a favor. They're actually out there spreading the gospel and I can't be out there right now. They are are spreading the gospel where I'm unable to go. The unstoppable gospel. Fifth thing. Efforts to stop the gospel will always advance it. The fifth thing is the gospel on trial is the gospel on the move. When the gospel is on trial, that doesn't mean there's a chance... That it's going to be diminished. There's a chance that it's going to be defeated. There's a chance that it's going to be done with and over. And there'll no longer be any gospel. When the gospel is on trial, that actually means that it's on the move. Paul says, those who are preaching the gospel now with boldness and with love know that Paul is where he is at for the defense of the gospel. The purpose of defending the gospel that's why he's where he's at God has put him there uniquely for a situation in order that the gospel might go to places that it hasn't been and wouldn't go if Paul was not there in that time in that place the lesson is the same rings true for all of us in any situation but here for Paul the question would be: how, how do you get the gospel into the emperor's house? Because you see, the emperor is a man that does. He is not. Uh, he doesn't believe, of course, at all, in this story of Christ as a Messiah. In fact, he demands that you worship him. He is God. And everyone should bow to him and worship him because he has been divinely appointed and divinely filled. So, how do you get the gospel in that house? where it seems from all human perspective, right, that there is a barricade around the house of the emperor and the gospel shall not go there. There are many barricades in our day. There are many national barricades. There are many cultural barricades to the gospel that it would seem the gospel just simply cannot get there. So how do you get it there? Well, you charge... You falsely charge and you imprison a believer like Paul who happens to be filled with gospel hope and joy. You put him on trial and when he is questioned, all he does is talk about Jesus. When he's being confined, all he does is talk about Jesus. When he's being questioned, all he does is talk about Jesus. That's a, that's a new way to look at cross-examination, right? Right? you see the gospel makes a way it's unstoppable so that paul now says oh they're saints because of what's happened to me it's really advanced the gospel and there are saints everywhere even in caesar's household where it's not allowed not tolerated it's there Second point of the sermon then is how Paul ends this text. And in verse 18, the, un- the unstoppable nature of the gospel increased Paul's joy. He says, in that, that is that Christ is proclaimed, for whatever reason Christ is being proclaimed, Paul says, in that. Because of my imprisonment, Christ is being proclaimed. And in that, I'm rejoicing. And I will Rejoice. You see, those who have been changed by the gospel rejoice at every advancement of the gospel, no matter what their current situation or insult or pain that they may endure, price that they may pay. Listen to this. Paul learned to take advantage of situations where others took advantage of him. Paul learned to take advantage of situations where others took advantage of him. As gospel avenues. So so let's take that with us today. Always be on the lookout. For unexpected gospel opportunities. And they usually come in the forms of disruption. Or opposition. Or trial. Or hardship. Don't they? Just recently I I mentioned of the. The. increased persecution that has landed in india so i'll give this illustration uh, for india and the unstoppable nature of the gospel years ago we uh, had a team and, and we went we were visiting dr sam who was here we were visiting him and several of his churches and and orphanages and we were traveling around seeing where the ministry was and trying to encourage the believers that were there we were traveling in a big bus, uh, I don't, 13 or 14 of us, and uh, we were going through this out-of-way out place from, from one ministry spot to the next. I, it was about an eight-hour drive, and, and the big bus broke down. We had a flat tire. Now, that's when you have a flat tire, you usually don't say, praise the Lord, do you? Well, we all, we all had to get off the bus. We were there in the, in the middle of this uh, out-of-the-way village. I mean, there was, there was nothing, and then there was this little village, and then there was nothing. And guess what? All of the little shops in that little village, guess what their specialty was? R- repairing tires, which made me wonder, have they done anything kind of up the road a ways? But everybody had a little shop set up to repair tires. We all got off of the bus. Of course, that's a great way to that. That's that's one praise report, right? There's a tire shop right across the road from where you're broke, where you're broke down with your flat tire. So we gathered around. I said, "Y'all, let, let's pray. It's it's going to take a while for we, we'll get back on the road. Let's just get the." The students, the Bible students were our translators. Let's get the students with us and let's just walk through these shops and through this village. Let's tell everybody, let's meet everybody and just share the gospel. I mean, we, there's nothing else we can do. So we did that. One of the guys that was with us, we were in a, a little tire shop and and uh, he was talking to the Bible student. He was He was telling about who he was and... And uh, one, of, one of the guys that was working on, on one of the machines just kind of sat down and started listening. And then he started smiling. And, and before we left that shop, he got down on his knees with my friend John. And John led him through the translator to the Lord. He received Christ. Christ. Just just a little while later, we got, we got back on the bus, and when we were leaving, our main translator that was getting us from place to place, his name was JP. He said, come here, Dr. Will. I didn't want to tell you when our bus broke down, but that village is known as the anti-Christian village. Their Christians are not allowed there. Many have been beaten. Some have gone missing. I said, well, I'm glad you you waited to tell me now. One year later, we took another team back. JP came up to me. Dr. Will, do you remember that place where the tire broke down? I said, oh, I remember that, JP. I just want you to know, he said, we have a church there now. that many in that village, because of that one man who gave his heart to the Lord and has been sharing gospel hope. Unexpected places, gospel opportunities. When someone hurts our feelings, that's an occasion for the gospel. Isn't that a new way to look at it? When someone attacks our faith, that's an occasion for the gospel. When someone mistreats your family, that's an occasion for the gospel. When things don't go our way, that's an occasion for the gospel. Paul can rejoice because whether good or bad, right or wrong motive, Christ is being proclaimed. And therefore the gospel advances against all odds. It was supposed to stop once they had Paul confined and now it's spreading more than ever you see the gospel will find a way to the most surprising places it's unstoppable even when the forces of evil collaborate to silence it the only thing they accomplish is putting it in a place it has yet to be heard So, just in a concluding thought, has the gospel found you? I'm so thankful today that when the gospel came to my heart's door, it didn't stop there. It's unstoppable. Has the gospel found you? And for those of us for which the gospel has found, have we learned that in any and every situation, there's an occasion, there's a window, there's an opportunity to make the gospel bigger than it's ever been in our lives and in that situation. And if we can learn to live like that, we'll be a joyful people. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the power of the gospel that is alive and working and advancing in our hearts and around the world. Our prayer today is that may you make it advance even more, Lord, help, to, help us to turn our perspective. Help, give us new insight into this life and into our purpose as believers, And into the areas and opportunities around us day in and day out. To shed and share gospel truth. To spread it in places where it's never been. In in occasions where it's never been heard. In places where it's not expected. To plant the gospel and see it grow and see it advance and see it prosper. Prosper. Lord, help us to be those kinds of instruments, those kind of joyful gospel people. Instead of getting so down and discouraged and bitter and angry and vengeful and, and spiteful and, and, and depressed and all of those things that we get when, when we get in those places and, and seasons in life, when, when we've made everything about us and, and we're at the center God, help us today to put Christ back in the center, the gospel back in the center of our universe so that through us, the gospel will advance because whatever happens to us is really going to serve to advance the gospel. Help us to be gospel people, Lord. If we are apart from Christ today, would you bring us to yourself? Would you allow that unstoppable gospel to invade our hearts this morning, this day? We ask in Christ's name, amen.